Hello, and welcome to the C++ Club. This is episode 16 for the meeting 141 that took place on the 16th of December 2021. C++ 23 progress. There is a link in the notes where you can see all the papers targeted for C++ 23. A couple of papers that I will mention are P2365, Standard Library Modules, STUD and STUD all. This paper got voted on in November and achieved consensus in favor. The poll was send this paper to library working group for C23, classified as a focus bucket one item. The results were 20 strongly in favor, 9 in favor, 1 neutral, 2 against, and 1 strongly against. I wonder who that was and what were they, their motives. The paper is currently targeted for C23 according to the issue tracker. And the other paper is P2300, Stud Execution. This paper was discussed in a super telecon over several days in December. It's currently targeted for C23. Mold, a modern linker. Now, this is some big news. Yesterday, the original author of the currently fastest LLD LLVM linker, Rui Ueyama from Tokyo, has released the first stable and production ready version 1 of Mold, his modern linker. It's a drop in replacement for existing Unix linkers, and it's several times faster than an LD. Mold benchmarks look completely crazy. Why is it so fast? Quote, one reason is because it simply uses faster algorithms and efficient data structures than other linkers do. The other reason is that the new linker is highly parallelized. End quote. The plans are to release version 2 for macOS and version 3 for Windows. In the Reddit thread, even STL, Stefan T. Loverwade, himself is excited. I'm really looking forward to trying mold. It's not often that a new linker appears. Don't mind the fastest one. Exciting times. The mold logo could be better though. It's a moldy slice of bread. Ugh. Will Rust replace C++? Here is a good example of the Betteridge's law. If you're not aware, Betteridge's law of headlines says any headline that ends in a question mark can be answered by the word no. A Redditor asks, will Rust replace C++? The thread has some entertaining replies, of which the first one conforms to the above-mentioned law of headlines. Quote, no. End quote. There is a reply from our station. Quote, in all seriousness, Rust isn't, nor does it pretend to be, a C++ killer. If anything, it's better positioned as an alternative to C, but even then it's not a threat so much as a complementary tool. End quote. Another reply. You mean like every competitor to C, C++ successfully replaced it during the past 30-40 years? I don't think so. And here is another. Without exceptions, templates, inheritance? Good luck with that. And more. Probably not. And also, I hope not. Looks like C++ is safe from Rust for now. Phew. Choosing the appropriate container. 
A Redditor involved in the StudHive paper posted a brief and incomplete guide for selecting the appropriate container from inside outside the C++ standard library based on performance characteristics, functionality and benchmark results. The benchmarks the guide is based on are for PLF colony and HashMap benchmarks. Links in the show notes. The selection guide doesn't cover all scenarios, multi-threading or technical nuance like CPU architecture differences. The guide is in the form of human-readable algorithm and looks like a very valuable resource. A curious compiler bug. A Redditor posted a code snippet which causes ICC, GCC and MSVC to generate incorrect code. In this quite contrived example, the virtual base is destroyed twice instead of once because of an exception thrown from a constructor of a derived class that uses a delegating constructor. The original poster and the commenters filed bugs for MSVC, GCC and ICC. Someone asked in this thread if there was a chance that this was an unexpected behavior, given that only Clang generates correct, in quotes, code. A useful tidbit from the thread, quote, The delegating constructor is significant because delegating constructors have a special behavior. When the body of the target constructor has finished executing, the object is now considered fully constructed, so any exception thrown in a delegating constructor will cause the destructor to be called." End quote. So no, this is not an expected behavior. It, it's clearly a bug in all those compilers. C++ links. Here is another set of curated C++ and related links by MattPD. Link in the show notes. A huge hierarchical list of really interesting stuff. PLF C++ library. This library by Matt Bentley provides alternatives to standard libraries containers and offers some additional utilities and data types like PLF colony, which apparently is not coming to C++ 23 as stood hive. Maybe C++ 26 will get it. The library is header only and comes under a permissive Zlib license. It supports C++ standards from C++03 to C++20 and builds with MSVC, Clang and GCC. There are links to talks that the author gave at various C++ conferences on the colony data type and how to design a faster list data structure. When to use Pimple? This post on Reddit is asking when to use the pointer to implementation or Pimple idiom. It used to be recommended to break dependencies between components in big systems to decrease the number of files to recompile when a header changes and to guard against ABI breaks to a degree. Reddit also says that a separate use case for Pimple is to prevent inclusion of the Windows.h header or to act as a wrapper for a large library used in implementation that client code doesn't need to know about. It is also used widely in Qt. However, if you are compiling everything together or use static linking, Pimple doesn't add anything except an unnecessary level of indirection and heap allocation overhead. 
The added indirection can harm optimization. In large code bases, it can have a detrimental effect of complicating class hierarchies and relationships. There is one other thing that will make Pimple obsolete, and that's modules. Bad C++ habits. A Redditor asks, what bad habits developers have seen in the C++ code? The replies include, abuse of std shared putter, where every non-scalar function parameter is a shared pointer. I'm actually working on several code bases like this. As they say, you can write Java in any language. Stefan T. Loverweight says, working around a bug without reporting it, not commenting the workaround, not citing the bug database and number in the comment, not using a uniform pattern for such commented workarounds so that they can be found and re-evaluated or removed later. Good habits. In MSVC's STL, we use a comment transition bug database number for this purpose. Of course, another Redditor grabbed the Microsoft STL code for this and found 667 instances. Other bad habits in the thread included overcomplicated logical expressions, throwing exceptions or logic errors instead of terminating the program. This one occurs often in our code, and I'm not sure what to do in case a library must absolutely not crash even when the programmer screwed up. Unnecessarily complex template frameworks without documentation. Unnecessarily complicated class hierarchies. Uh, I can physically feel this one. Union-based type punning, which is legal in C but not legal in C++. And two-step class initialization. Hello, Symbian OS. Another Redditor gives us some more. Y using unique pointer when a simple composition would suffice. Using shared pointer when a unique pointer would suffice. Mocking everything and creating a maintenance nightmare. Taking test coverage to an extreme, letting it damage the design and clarity just to make it unit testable to an extreme degree. More than 98% coverage. There was a sad reply. You just described the code base I work on every day. And there was another good list. C strings and arrays with enough pointer arithmetic, macros everywhere instead of templates, disabling exceptions but then not being consistent, checking error return codes from every call, using pointers instead of references for out parameters, the new fashion of header-only libraries, being too clever with Sphine and template metaprogramming, defining functions in headers, Writing everything as a template just because someone might one day want to customize something. Using studendl. This adds unnecessary overhead to the already slow stream.io. Not using the correct include format, quotes versus angle brackets. Fixing problem code while failing to find and inform author and reviewer, which deprives them of the opportunity to improve. Minimal or no use of const speculatively or unnecessarily defensive code instead of assertive code, including pointers in a typedef or macro. This is as the so-called handle pattern. Uh, it's used in CUDA and OpenCascade. Using studmap for anything but huge runtime maps and uninitialized variables.
I'm sure everyone can add to this list. A large part of my work is dealing with technical debt, which is all the above and more. Apple Metal C++ Bindings Apple published C++ bindings for Metal, which is Apple's high-level graphics and general acceleration API. Vulcan, anyone? I guess if you control both your hardware and software stacks, you'd want to have something of your own in the high-performance graphics department so that you can tune your silicon accordingly. And oh boy, did they tune it. Are you feeling okay, Intel? It's nice, though, that Apple now allows using C++ to write metal code, given that the main language is Swift. Objective-C is legacy tech now. Juice coding standards. For a sane set of coding standards, you can refer to Juice. I only skimmed this article, but nothing jumps out as obviously wrong or weird or outdated. A good point of reference if you must come up with your own. None of that Google or, or a random game company weirdness. How is Constexper implemented in the compiler? This is what a Redditor asked, quote, I know that Constexper means that something can be evaluated at compile time. But this obviously means that Constexper code must somehow be interpreted, since it must be executed before compilation. Do modern C++ compilers come equipped with full-blown C++ interpreters? Or is the constexpert code compiled to LLVM and then the resulting bytecode is run on a virtual machine? End quote. The replies shed some light on this. Quote, Not full-blown. It's a significantly simplified subset of the runtime and the AST can be reused. There is an experiment going on with Clang to replace the AST walking interpreter with a proper bytecode VM. End quote. Eric Keane of Intel says, quote, It's not so much an interpreter as an AST evaluator. The constant evaluator happens after the code has been passed, lexed, semantically analyzed, and formed into the abstract syntax tree. When the compiler evaluates a constant expression, it goes through the AST and evaluates each node to get the answer. There is an effort that is ongoing, though slowly, to replace this with, a, with an AST to bytecode type compilation, which can then just be evaluated immediately. My understanding is it is quite a bit faster, particularly when the same code is evaluated multiple times. End quote. And Kling gets a mention. Quote, CERN has developed a C++ interpreter with a REPL called Kling. It is amazing. It is built on top of Clang and LLVM and, and JITS the code. There is even a Jupyter extension for it, so you can use it in a notebook. It's kind of a solution in search of a problem outside of CERN, but man, what a cool solution it is. End quote. MSVC didn't have an AST until at least 2015 and used a token stream instead. This allowed compilation on some really memory-restricted machines. I'm wondering how that affected the processing of Constexper. Or did Microsoft switch to the new compiler front-end by the time Constexper support was added? Colin Moon's C++ Libraries Colin Moon posted links to his libraries on Reddit. These include a nice and clean metaprogramming library using modules, an implementation of P2300 std execution, and a testing library that doesn't require macros but uses std source location instead. 
All libraries are well documented and the documentation looks really nice too. Compile time parser generator. Polish C++ developer Piotr Winter has released a new version of his compile time parser generator library. Quote, C++ single header library which takes a language description as a C++ code and turns it into an LR1 table parser with a deterministic finite automaton lexical analyzer, all in compile time. What's more, the generated parser is actually itself capable of parsing at compile time. All it needs is a C++17 compiler." End quote. The parsing rules are defined in a declarative functional way. Patterns supported are character, string, and regex. Quote, CTPG uses an LR1 parser. This is short for left to right and one look ahead symbol. The library offers optional verbose output and state machine diagnostics for debugging purposes. It requires C17 and is distributed under MIT license. And now for some fun. There was an operating system called BOS in the 90s, and its API had some really interesting functions. One of them was Is Computer On? It was documented like this int 32 is computer on void returns 1 if the computer is on if the computer isn't on the value returned by this function is undefined and another one is computer on fire double is computer on fire void returns the temperature of the motherboard if the computer is currently on fire smoldering doesn't count if the computer isn't on fire the function returns some other value That's it for today, and I'll leave you with this exchange on Twitter. Viktor Zverovich posted, Current status, writing C++ in Notepad on Windows, send help. To which Karantin Jabot replied, Notepad is for writing C. For C++, you should use Notepad++. That's it. Thanks for joining me today, and until next time. Bye-bye.